Hello, and welcome to the Nurse to Nurse podcast with Starshima and Kevin, the podcast for the nursepreneurs. Get ready for some straight talk on everything nursing and more. All right, welcome everybody to the Nurse to Nurse podcast with Miss Starshima, your at brand nurse coach, and Kevin with Central Valley Medical. I'm your educator over here at Central Valley Medical, so thank you for joining us tonight. How you doing, Starshima? How you feeling? I am doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a long ass motherfucking day, but hey, one thing about us as nurses, we are resilient, right? Resilient, resilient, resilient. I believe that. We are very much so. I'm trying to tag you in this post over here. Let me just go ahead and are we live or are we like live, live? Are we streaming live? We are streaming live. What the fuck did you do to me and shit? Well, I thought you. Well, J- well, Jane said told us to kind of get it together. So did she we have tell us to go? Together. Did she say go live on Facebook every fucking time? She said go live every Jane, time. Jane, said, I was loving you, but now I don't know what the fuck to say about your. She, she's keeping us together. We are following <laughs> what she says to do, so we are doing it. You know, it's something about when nurses are compliant, right? <laughs> We are typically known to be non-compliant creatures, but we are compliant and we're doing what the expert is telling us to do. So well, I think listening I can... to Jane, even though I don't fucking like it. The hell with you, Jane. <laughs> you don't like it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like um, a mommy telling them what to do, taking their medicine, you know, so to make them feel better. But I don't want to, mommy, Jane. Leave me the hell alone. <laughs> right. <laughs> she is amazing. I am extremely, extremely grateful for her and all the things that she does for us. Making the podcast happen over and over again. But I do want to say something really exciting while we're live. And she'll probably cut this part out as we get this on the platform. Don't you dare fucking cut shit out, Jane. No, no. Okay, well, no, Jane, keep this here then. I just want to tell you all, whether you're tuning in to this live or you are watching it, post our live on inside of our Nurse Nurse Podcast community. I want to tell you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, or we want to tell you, thank you. I'm going to speak for Kevin on here. We want to tell you thank you so much for tuning into the podcast and giving us 2,000 downloads. You know, there's something about when you just kind of take a step out on faith and you just kind of bet on something and you just be willing to try it. And then the way that you all have shown up for us has been absolutely, absolutely amazing. So we are absolutely grateful for you. Y'all, we reach 2,000 downloads. Our next goal is 3,000. Y'all come out and give it to us, you know, come out and Create yeah. the show. Go on to Apple. Yeah, go on to Apple Podcast. Download that shit. Go on to Spotify. Download the shit. Look, how fucking hard is that, goddamn? Download <laughs> that shit and listen to me. <laughs> Kevin, we got one review that was just like they really, really like the show. And did she say like she can totally see us having a morning show that oh, she yeah, wake up right. to on that morning drive to work? That's right. like powerful, you know, because I think as we share with the audience in our community is that we are really here just to mobilize the voices of nurses to make sure that we're able to drive more safe and efficient care at the bedside by using our voices, not selling for the shit that these organizations are telling us, but really looking and remaining patient focused. So I'm excited about that. Me too. Me too. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes. but I have a I have a question though. So we're only live here on our nurse to nurse podcast community. How the fuck can I share it to my page? Like okay. to my feed. Okay, so go ahead. Well, I think when in the future, you're going to log in and put your social media on our stream yard. But also you can go to my page. I tagged you in my post. Just share it to your page. 
are you like it's on your like your Starshima page? Yep, it is live on right, the Starshima so let me go, page. Let me go Firefox Starshima. Oh, okay, yeah, go you, find no, but, it. no, but it only says it only lets me do sin because it only lets me do it. It just says sin. It won't let me share. Okay, hold tight, hold tight. Well, let's just fix know. this technical what things. The, yeah, what the right? Fuck? Let me edit the privacy because Streamyard okay. likes to Don't lock our bullshit. things down. All right now, you should be able to share. Go ahead and refresh. Damn all this bullshit. We are learning. And the great thing, Kevin, is like we get to go to school in public in front of mm, other so nurses, cool. other people to say, hey, do what you got to do. It is not always going to be perfect, but the idea is that you get it done. No, it still says send. Okay, refresh your screen. It's I just... did, goddammit. Oh, so it. now I'm... you ain't my friend on Facebook anymore? I'm I'm right here on your... Mo- yeah, but still, you posted it in the group, so maybe that's why, because you're... No, you're... go to Starshima RN. I did, goddammit. I'm on <laughs> Starshima right now, and it still says motherfucking sin, because it says, it says on their group post, that's why. So it shows it on your page as a group post. Okay, no, 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 go back. I ain't gonna fucking worry about it, guys. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> y'all, y'all see it? Y'all see the things I gotta go through behind the scene? Oh shit! Okay, I'm gonna tag you in the comment hmm. and then see if that pops up there. Tag me in the comment. Yeah, this okay. is tech stuff, y'all. This tech stuff. When you get people forty plus, let us know if it's relatable to you. If you get people who are forty plus and they're struggling with technology, and if this is you, we are just yeah, human. You found it? Yeah, I, I posted it to you tomorrow. Okay, we'll see. cool. See, look at that. Teamwork makes the dream work. Well, <laughs> that is exciting. And thank you so much for unplugging with me today, Kevin. So Kevin and I want to talk to you all about what are the advantages, right? What are the advantages? What are the disadvantages? Or maybe you want to use the term, what are the benefits or the challenges you may make, have as being a float nurse, right? We also want to talk about what is some of the impact that you can make on patient care by being a float nurse. And then probably what things do you need to become a float nurse? If you're watching this, whether you're watching it live or you're watching the recording, go ahead and type one in the chat box, leave us a comment and let us know if you are a nurse who desires to be a float nurse. I think it's pretty phenomenal to be a float nurse. Kevin, what do you think? I do because I was a travel nurse forever. I did home care agency for a while. I would go to people's homes and spend the night and shit. I also did travel nursing where I'd go from hospital to hospital. There was one company I worked for as a travel agency. They sent me to a hospital in Arroyo Grande. Mm-hmm. I was the only motherfucking nurse there. Everybody else in the hospital, no lie, I'm not bullshitting, was an IP. What is an IP? Do you That's know? what I'm asking. What is an IP? It's a nurse who graduated school, but they haven't got their license yet, but they apply oh, okay. for what's called an interim permit. Mm-hmm. And they have to work under who? The nurse, the RN with the license. <laughs> right. So I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what did y'all send me over here to Royal Grande? And I'm the only fucking nurse. And I got like six or 10 IPs and shit. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I was a traveler. Right. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with people and shit. But, you know, it's, I like that. I think you got to know a lot. You have to be confident. We talked about this off air. You have to be confident and competent. Can't be a fucking deek to D if you're going to be a, tra- a travel a nurse or a or a float nurse. Well, because, okay. you know, you're floating to all the different areas in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Now, if we have float nurses out there, talk to me. Tell me, like, my question to Starshima was, do you get training in each floor that you go to? So if you go to ICU, do they give you ICU training? If so, how long? If you are... 
if you are on tele, do they give you training as a tele nurse? Do they give you EKG training? If so, how long? I mean, I want to know. Like, if you go to PACU, do they give you training to be a PACU nurse? Or do they just throw you there and say, mm, here you go. Hope you fucking figure that shit out. Right. I think I already know the answer, but I want to hear back from you. Okay. Well, hopefully we'll wait for them to weigh in the chat for those that are listening to see. The goal is I really hope that they do, right? Because thinking about the impact of what a float nurse you really, think the hospital, you really think the hospital wants to pay for money on training? Are you in the healthcare field or would you like to learn how to save a life? Let Central Valley Medical teach you today. We offer CPR and first aid, IV therapy, ACLS, PALS, NRP, and more. Visit us at www.morethancpr.com or call us today at 559-765-0306. We do more than just CPR. Learn to respond to a code, not react. You really think the hospital wants to pay for money on training? Um, hopefully they do, because in turn, by them paying upfront training and being proactive, saves a lot on the backside of it. Ask a lot of new grads who were promised 12 weeks of training. How long did they actually get fucking trained? Six. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Six days, maybe. <laughs> shit. Oh, my gosh. That's so dangerous. So, Kevin, let's talk about, you know. True. Yeah, that is true. Let's oh, talk about being a float nurse, right? Okay, being okay, a- hold on, hold on. Okay. Before we go on, okay, I wanted to give a shout out to my friend's wife, Alejandra Tovar Garcia. Mm-hmm. We just lost a good friend. His name's Gabino Garcia. He was 38 years old. He's a good friend of mine, although I wasn't a very good friend to him because, you know, men, we sometimes we suck ass. But mm-hmm. Gabino died this last week. He was one of our instructors here at Central Valley Medical. He taught for me for about three years. He left behind a nine-year-old boy and a 13-year-old daughter and a beautiful wife. So I just Mm. want to give a shout out to him and his family. And so may uh, Godspeed, Gabino. Okay, now let's talk about float nursing. Okay. That that was really honorable. Thank you for sharing that with us. And, you know, we pray that she heals and gets comfort in the season during this time for sure. All right. So, Kevin, thinking about this. So we're talking about being a float pool nurse. Now, we have some people here who works in different capacities. They're med search nurses, they're ED nurses, tele-nurses, cardiovascular nurses. But let's help those who are not necessarily float pool nurses now understand what are really some of the challenges. Let's say, what is a float pool nurse? Let's build the clarity around that. What is a float pool nurse? A float pool nurse is a nurse that is hired on the float team that is sent to different areas of the hospital. Med search, Chelly, ER, ICU, PACU, wherever the fuck they want to send you, they can send you. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what a float pool nurse is. So you float all throughout the organization, right? So you can be in one area versus, you know, here today, a different area tomorrow. So what do you think are some of the challenges that these float pool nurses face? Because I feel like to be a float pool nurse, that you are a highly skilled, resilient type of individuals. But, okay, what but are I don't want I don't want to get in trouble because I think that when you become a float pool nurse and if you have it like I know new grads that got hired for the float team. Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to knock anybody because I think you're an awesome nurse if you're floating to different places. However, if you're a new grad or a young nurse with a year or two experience and you join the float team, you don't have a whole lot of knowledge and skills to be floating to these different areas. So mm-hmm. I don't know if they float them to just one unit, med surge unit, and the next day they flow them to Telly. I don't know how they're doing it anymore, but 
I don't think that some of them are always highly skilled. Now they may become highly skilled, but you know, you have to tell me out there. I haven't been a float nurse in a long time. So you have to tell me what you're doing or seeing nowadays. Well, I was just, I was just thinking that I think that organizations when they are hiring float pool nurses, that it's a particular caliber of nurse that they want. Right. I don't see a one year or two year. Nurse I do. I know. One. I know many of them. They come through this. My training. They many of them. They're only they're a brand new grad that just got hired on the float pool. I know for a fact they are. Mm. With me thinking about, I am a big person. I am a big proponent of experience. Right. Some people are very huge on education. A lot of organizations now are pushing leadership, and leadership is based upon your education. I might be, some people may agree with me, some may not, but I am a nurse who really believes that the more experience you have allows you to gain more skill, which allows you to critically think through patients better, which can help you make better judgment. Now, I'm not saying that a BSN nurse or a MSN nurse cannot make better judgment because of their level of education, right? But I really feel like the divide is experience, not education. Because what well, is sitting in the classroom I'll, if you don't I'll give know it, how to do it? I'll give an example. There's a facility. I just so fucking Jane won't beat me out of the sheet. There's there a go. facility here locally. It is our level one trauma center, but I won't tell you the fucking name of it. There's a unit called the CPU, Cardiac Progressive Care Unit, the CPU okay. unit, I think it is. I don't remember what floor it is. But I know for a fact, because I, I get all their students who come through here, they had a nurse on the floor that was only a nurse for 10 months, already a charge nurse. Hmm. And I'm not saying that he or she can't make a good charge nurse, but I just, maybe I'm old school. I just don't see how a nurse with 10 months experience who hasn't even had a year of nursing yet to even learn how to be a fucking nurse can be right. a charge nurse. Yeah, because how do you really, because when you think about leadership, you think about the decisiveness, you think about being a resource because when you get into these levels of management, even being a float nurse, you're really a resource, right? And if you haven't seen the thing, because I think about working in ED in five years, you don't even see just a smidget of things. Like some of the things that we talk about in the green room, I was like, I've never taken care of that ever before, or I've never pushed that medication ever before. Like how can they really be true leaders? Well, I mean, I'm not saying it can't be a leader because you don't have to necessarily know all the stuff to be a good leader, but you have to be smart enough to know who knows and who to go to to get the information. My problem is that a nurse, any nurse, it doesn't matter what floor you're working on, your first year of nursing, you don't learn nursing. You're learning time management, how to keep your fucking head above water. To me, you don't, you don't start learning nursing until year two, but Mm -hmm. you know, that's just my opinion. No, exactly. So I agree. So if you said 10 months, Mm -hmm. if you haven't learned the skill, then how are you leading a group of people? How do you become their resource? How do you be the one that can make good decisions in a crunch situation? Like that comes with experience, skill, your ability to be able to critical think. Critical thinking come by the more time and the more experience you have, right? Because you can't have a novice nurse know how to critically think through some of your most critical patients because they don't have that experience yet. I get it, but um, you can ask. You can ask the people here and see if I'm blowing smoke up your ass. No, no, I believe you. It's not to say that that you're not telling me the truth. That's not what I'm saying. I'm thinking that it would be, you will hope that the standard is increased when they're putting these people in these different roles. They don't. 
They don't give a fuck because they just want a warm body to do what they're told to do. But that impacts patient care, patient They outcomes. don't give a fuck. They just want a warm body so they don't have to do the work. Okay. So tell us, what do you feel like are some of the challenges that float nurses face? So even if they're a 10-month experienced nurse, whether they're a 25-year experienced nurse, what do you feel are some of the challenges by being a float nurse, by going to all these different departments? What are some challenges that they must face? So you want me to give you some pros and cons? Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about the cons first. Let's right, let's get so, to the cons. So these are the top ten cons or disadvantages of being a float pool nurse. You need to be trained in many units, right? So one of the top disadvantages of being a float pool nurse is that you may have to be trained on multiple specialty units. You'll need to juggle many certifications, meaning you have to have ACLS, BLS, PALS, NRP, because some people get floated to the neonatal resuscitation, the NICU, the PQ. Yeah. You don't always have control over where you're going to go, because if you have a boss that doesn't like you, they can float you wherever they want to float you. True. Now, now, I don't know if there's policies, because there never was policies before, but I don't know if there's policies that will keep the unit manager or the charge nurse from just floating you wherever they want. But I can't imagine that the administration would allow that because they don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm just being honest. You will not have any control over your assignments. So again, if you have a charge nurse that doesn't like you, they're going to give you the shittiest assignments. Because when I worked at UMC and I was floated to med surge one time, this is when we would take 17 patients. I would have three patients that were way down at the end of the hallway to the left, and the rest of mine was down the other end of the hallway on the right. So I would literally have to walk from one end of the hallway to the other to take care of my patients. Now, how the fuck am I going to hear my other patients crying and shit if I'm on each end of the hallway? Right. So, you know, that's I can't imagine it don't still happen. Right. You will have to learn many different protocols and procedures because, you know, you know, I talk about this all the time, policy and procedure. Each unit has their own policy. Mm. So I did ask our friend Jacqueline Ramos a question, but, you know, she she gave me an answer. I don't know if it's really true or not. Not that I don't believe her, but I don't fucking believe her. <laughs> wow, Kevin. <laughs> well, she I'm is such for, a great resource. I know. I love her. I love woman. her, too, but I, I want to see the fucking policy myself because I want to read that shit. She said that they use normal saline for blood products always, but I know for a fact there's several labor and delivery units here in the valley that their policy specifically says lactator rings okay so i want to read the policy like i want to see it and read it for myself she did say that they hang lr other times like for pool bowls and for epidural things like that but i would like to see it i know that there is a difference between a unit policy and a house policy do you know the difference do you know Um, the difference? well there can probably be things that this is what the house does but depending upon the specialty area that they may do things a little bit differently within that area. So there's different protocols that may right. happen. Right, see what I mean? But most nurses them. aren't, yeah, but most nurses aren't aware of that, that they have unit policy. So. Oh, they should. I mean, well, I, I don't know. They don't read the know. fucking policy, so. <clears throat> yeah. All right, so it says you will need to become specialized. Oh, sorry. It's, I don't agree with this shit. It says you will not become specialized in a specific area. I disagree. You should be specialized in all the fucking areas if you're going to be a float nurse. Right. So do you think, what type of nurses do you Wait, feel? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let oh, me go I'm back sorry. He just responded back. She says, when I left the ER, yes, I left in 2015. I skimmed the policy the other day. <laughs> I want to read that fucking policy, Jacqueline. Thank you. 
right, so. send it to me via email. No. Right. <laughs> it says you will let's see. It says, and I don't know if I agree with this one. It says you will not make meaningful relationships with other staff. I don't know if that's fucking true or not. Because when I was a float nurse, everybody loved my ass. One. Think so? I know they did. Well, not everybody. I'm sure some, some people hated me and shit, but you either hate me or you love me. There's no fucking in between. No shades of gray? No shades of gray. But why did most people love me? Was it maybe because your personality or your ability to be able to do your job well? Yeah. yeah I mean, you I was competent. I, I was competent and confident. I was personable. I'd help your ass. You know, I didn't let you, I didn't let you struggle and shit. Now, I wouldn't fucking do your work for you, but I wouldn't let you struggle either. So, right. I don't know about meaningful relationships. I don't think, and I get in trouble with this all the time, mostly with women, but I don't think we make meaningful relationships with our coworkers ever. Hmm. There may be occasional, I know what you're saying. Like you say, oh yeah, we're friends. No, you're not. If you fucking die tomorrow, nobody show up to your motherfucking funeral. And I got proof of that. We may talk friendly at work and we may go hang out sometimes after work. But if you were on the road somewhere where you needed money or somebody needed to come pick you up, or I don't think anybody would help your ass out. Really? And, and I, mm, I don't. I don't mean you personally. I just think most of us and stuff. So. Yeah, I, I didn't think that you were talking about me personally. Yeah. I think you were so, you were talking to the the audience. I just don't. I think we're full of shit when we talk about that. Yeah. Um, not I think no, sometimes people ahead. make real meaningful relationships that turn into friendships and. At work or brotherhoods at work. after working with individuals for a period of time i believe you make those i now. know for a fact that there's a lady who passed away recently she was a nurse and everybody said the same thing how old she's so wonderful we love her she's our best friend how many bitches showed up to her funeral that i don't know but yeah three. i think it's so many Look at me. three well maybe those are the most top three that she was connected with that she decided I was, to build I was, I was one of them and I was even close to her. Okay. Well, you felt some type of connection. Yeah. I liked her. She was a nice lady. I mean, uh, every time I met her, she made the room glow. Nice. But it's not like she always called me and asked me for shit. Yeah. Did she, so, yeah. Did she come to you, your classes and connect with you? Yeah. Was and I worked with her. Sure? I worked with her too, but you tell me, do you have any meaningful relationships with people that you work with outside of work? Don't Personal. fucking lie. <laughs> Tell the truth. I if, have a. If you were on the road, side of the road tomorrow, and your car broke down, and you need a thousand dollars to get that motherfucker towed, that's a meaningful relationship. How many of these bitches would show up and give you a thousand bucks to have your ass towed? So for me, I'm not a woman who's interested in like quantity of how many, but whatever. The having like that's, one or two meaningful relationships. That's pie in the sky. Things. That's pie in the sky no. dreaming. How no. many of those bitches would show up to help your ass? I mean, I know I have a good solid too, but here's the thing is that <laughs> I haven't intentionally, I met them either working with them in some Did capacity. you meet them in the hospital working? Not necessarily in a hospital, but in a working relationship, I have met them and it has grown. And so I you're feel like you're like every other woman trying. You like to turn that shit around. I'm not turning it around. Yes, it I'm is. just saying call it's true. I am calling book. Let me no, but for me, page. I'm not interested yeah. in having a thousand women in my. I, I got you. I I'm not. I just need about... one. The idea is just one. Mm, right here. And see, for that person that you were talking about, can you, can you, you just need one. What I the see fuck it? does that say? <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> So that way that, Jane can't bleep me out. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but that's just for me, and that may just be what it is, is that sometimes people don't go to work to find relationships. Like, I don't go to work to look for my best friend. I got you. 
But, that's but why. you know, so but I think you still can meet some meaningful people along the way. How about this one? The next one says not knowing where everything is on the unit. I think a that would be huge, right? A, a flow pool nurse, you may not know where everything is on the unit you're working on. This includes supplies. We talked about this earlier because I'm on a mission for this, the crash cart, linens, things like that. So that can be challenging. Mm -hmm. And it can make you look like you don't know what you're doing, even though yeah. you're not, you know. It make uh, you look like a DTD, but you're really you make you look right. Right. It, okay. it hard, it's hard to form patience. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, it says it's hard to form patient relationships. Because some people spend uh, three or four or five, six days in the hospital. You may be taking care of them one day. The next day, you may be on another unit. So yeah, people don't know gotcha. why you're floating around. You know, right. maybe they think you're deep to deep because you float to too many units and shit. Right. Absolutely. So thinking about that, so those were some of the challenges that float nurses or some of the common challenges that we can come up with that some float nurses may face. Let me ask you this. Who do you feel? What type of nurse? do you feel is the ideal float nurse? Like for me, I feel like who would make a real good float nurse is like an ER nurse or an ICU nurse. I know I may seem so biased because I was an ER nurse, but I really feel people told me right out of school to not go and specialize in a particular area, right? They told me go start with med surge and not go to ER. But I'm so grateful that I went to ED because in the ED, I felt like I seen tons of disease processes. I seen what it was like when they were at some of their most vulnerable times when they were on the brink of life and the measures that we took to turn them around. And then it also helped me as a nurse to move with a sense of urgency that I see sometimes that people don't have or we kind of take advantage of that thing of time. And we don't move fast enough. We don't use our critical thinking quick enough to intervene for our patients. So I feel like an ED nurse or an ICU nurse makes a really good float nurse. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. And tell the me reason why. why. And the reason why I say that is because I always tell new grads, don't start in the ED right out of school, just like mm -hmm. you did. And mm -hmm. it's not because you're not smart enough. It's just I've seen from my personal experience, just my personal experience, People who go from school straight to ED, they get bit by the adrenaline bug. And then once you learn how to run fast paced and you can critical think and you can do all that shit, then you go to another floor where it's not fast paced and you're bored as shit. Yeah, that's true. And, it, and it's hard. Like it's hard. It's a hard transition. I'm not saying everybody can't do it, but it's very hard to transition. Mm -hmm. I, I tell new grads, if you want that critical care training, you want that. I would rather you go to ICU first and then go to other places. Because if you're an ICU nurse, you get that critical care thinking skill set and that you can flow. That's why they make ER nurses and ICU nurses probably make the best rapid response nurse because mm -hmm. they're used to the fast pace. They're used to the adrenaline. They're not scared. They don't get, you know, they're confident. Sometimes, though, it can bring you to have overconfidence, though. You know, you get too cocky and shit and you miss shit. Mm -hmm. So I just think that I don't think nurses have to go to Lupita Gilson. I started med surge. And as much as I didn't like it, I learned structure and organization. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that totally. Because I think if a lot of ER nurses go to the med surge, Lupita, I think they would suck ass because they, it's a different style of nursing. I'm not saying you can't take care of five or six patients on med surge and Chelly, but a lot of those patients want to be talked to. And ER nurses don't want to talk to their patients. ICU nurses don't want to talk to their patients. They want to stab you with a needle, draw your blood, and get the fuck on. I don't think we have the bedside manner sometimes that we need. You know what I mean? So 
We just want to get the hell in, fix the shit, and get the hell out. Right. And I think he can come back to bite you in the ass. So does that make sense? Yeah, that but makes I, sense. And that's my point about float nursing, though. If you're going to float to ER, ICU, and all these other different areas, do you have the competency training to float to these different areas? Mm-hmm. Like, how many of you have been a float nurse out there? If you've been a float nurse, tell me, do you get any kind of specialty training in the different areas you go to? And if so, how long? Because, you know, I had a nurse uh, came to my class not too long ago. She said she had a nurse on the floor who documented. Are you ready for this? I'm glad you're fucking sitting down. She <laughs> documented all night long that the patient had a Glasgow of seven. And what did she do about it, Starshima? She just let him rest. <laughs> she let them rest. She said, oh, I just thought they were sleeping. So I'm like, holy fucking shit. So do you want that nurse being a float nurse? No, if you can't do a basic GCS <laughs> and then not know what the basic intervention okay. is for a person. Okay. Don't, don't be, I, so see, I don't get mad at nurses. I would have asked that nurse, do you understand what a Glasgow coma scale is? Because you're assuming that she was taught what GCS means. You're laughing, but that, I'm just being honest with you. There's a lot of nurses who are lacking in education because the education system has failed them. Mm. It's like kids going to first through seventh grade, and we don't want our numbers to look bad, so we shove them through so our numbers look good, and they're still addicted when they graduate. They can't add two plus two. And I'm sure <laughs> nurses are the same fucking way. Don't laugh. I'm sure nurses are the same way. Look at all those nurses in Florida that passed the NCLEX, even though they didn't go to a real school, and now they're getting their license taken away. Do you remember that story we talked about? I remember that, I remember that story. So what does that say about the NCLEX? It could be a number of different things that we can say. Anybody about can it. anybody can pass a motherfucking test. Mm-hmm. Right. So what does that say about the test? I'm not saying make the test hard so people fail it, but I think we should make it more of a critical thinking kind. Like I ask this in my class all the time, the nurses I teach. What does it mean to use your critical thinking skills? You as a nurse educator never teach people what critical thinking skill is, do you? As a nurse educator, I do. What is a critical thinking skill? A critical thinking skill, like the ability to be able to listen attentively, right? Communicate well, written, oral. Your students kind of... have no idea what you just fucking said. Why you they got, don't? Because you got to bring it down and talk to them like a kindergartner because nobody teaches you what it means to have a critical thinking skill, though. People tell you what to do and how to use it, but they never show you what it is. And mm-hmm. if you don't even know what it is, how the fuck are you going to use it? Well, critical thinking, I feel like it's a term that's used so much to, that to make, to make you look good and feel good. Well, to make you look good and feel good or also to make you put this expectation on you. But really, your ability to be able to critically think comes people, with people experience. No, nope. no, it doesn't. Because how can you, you really have, think I'm, through I'm a gonna, person? I'm going to teach you. Watch this. This is what I do to teach a critical thinking skill. You're mm-hmm. a med surge nurse. Oh, Lupita, you're a med surge nurse on med surge floor. You walk into your patient's room, your patient's respiratory rate is four, mm-hmm. and their O2 sat is 92%. Don't, even, don't answer this, Starshima. Don't answer. Okay. <laughs> your respiratory rate is four, and your O2 sat is 92%. What's the first thing you want to do? And then so I let people think, and they start giving me their answers. And I never say, no, that's wrong. I never say that. I'm like, if they give me a wrong answer, I'm like, yeah, that's not a bad answer. It's not the most correct answer, but that's not bad. Mm-hmm. And what do you think the number one answer is most nurses say to do in that situation? Put oxygen on. Right. And so then <laughs> instead of saying that's a terrible answer, I'm like, that's not bad. Oxygen's not going to kill them. 
-hmm. However, what is oxygen going to do for their respiration? Right. They got a respiratory rate of four. <laughs> but, but see, I don't say that. I just ask uh -huh. Starshima, what right. is oxygen? What is it going to do for your respiratory rate? I don't know what they would say because I don't they, think oxygen would be they say They say it's going to increase it. And but I said, I know that, but they don't know that because they haven't been taught this. Right. And I said, oxygen doesn't do shit for your respiratory rate. How do you get somebody's respiratory rate up? Oxygen is going to increase their O2 set, but it's not going to increase their respiratory rate. Mm -hmm. So how do you get their fucking respiratory rate to go higher? Well, why don't you breathe for them? Then? But they don't kidding. know. That. Yeah, but they don't understand that because where if you work on Metzger's Chelly, mm -hmm. say it again. Say that last part again. What? Wake them up? When people say that, I'm like, yeah, hit, hit them in the head and make them have pain. Mm -hmm. See, that's right, Lupita. That's right. See, but what did Lupita just say? See that shit? Try to wake them up, if not give them oxygen. See that shit? So, Lupita, what the fuck does oxygen going to do for your respiratory rate? And so that's why I go through these skills. And then once we finish and get to the right answer, I say that is using your critical thinking skills. Right. That is but, what they're trying to get you to do in nursing school. They just don't teach you how to do it. They won't let you walk through these scenarios and give you the safety and comfort of being wrong and not scolding you for being wrong. Right. I think that also comes back, you know, a lot to Lupita said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> then why the fuck did you put him on oxygen, Lupita? <laughs> no, but it took no, but it took me a long time because where are the ambu bags on med surgeon telly? At the crash cart at the nursing station. And what's at every fucking bedside? Oxygen. See? At least a, a, a right? tree. <laughs> no, but there's nasal cannulas in the mm -hmm. hundred percent not but that's we're teaching nurses to put on oxygen though. Right. Why no, I have, agree with you. Why don't we have fucking ambu bags at every bedside? Right. And I think that, you know, the thing is, and I can't speak for every nursing educator, but for me as a nursing educator, when I'm teaching my students, and I don't expect my beginning student to be able to critically think through even something like this, because this is introductory to them. But I think what is also important to help you be able to critically think is to be able to read and comprehend and listen and be able to connect the dots together. There's so many times that people can't put the puzzle together. And I think it goes back to that pathophysiology, like, hey, I'm not, I got a respiratory rate of four. Like what's going on with the patient? Yeah, their SATs on the monitor says 92. What should I do? Like, what is that first thing that I should do? And I almost feel like ED taught me those kind of things. And I see sometimes that I bring that into the classroom of that expectation. Because your ability to intervene quickly is can Key. save a person's life, <laughs> right? Why, you know what I mean? That, then why don't we have fucking ambu bags on the fucking floor? Well, they should. I don't know. I can't speak to that. Okay, I can't so, answer but that then, Right, but then I tell the nurse, if your ambu bag is down the hallway on the fucking crash cart, then what can you do to increase the respiratory rate so somebody gets there to help you, dumbass? Well, what would you do, Kevin? I'd Give them mouth to mouth? No, I'd stimulate them just like you said. I'd do a Rub jaw that. thrust. Do you do sternal rubs? I don't do sternal rubs. I think it's a terrible thing we taught people. Okay, so how do you do? What do you do? I do a jaw thrust because if the you do thrust? a jaw thrust, that will cause severe pain. Mm -hmm. And if the patient doesn't move or wake up and start breathing, you know you're in trouble. Right. That is the same thing as repositioning the airway. airway. Right, so it's opening up a little bit. So yeah. if they are... Yeah, but have you done a jaw little. thrust? I have done a jaw right. thrust. And what happens? What happens when you do it? They, what does they, the patient do? My particular patient, they didn't yeah, do that thing. Uh, oh, well, then what did then what did that mean? <laughs>
you knew that bad shit was about to happen, right? It was I, about to go yeah, but down that, real that, quick. That tells you everything you need to know, though. See, that's my point. But I mean, why would most now the reason why I don't teach sternal rubs is this. So in the old days when we, we first started a long time ago, I'm not joking either. For all of you out there, I'm not trying to make light of this, but we did not have fucking me too movement. We used to do titty twisters on patients. Oh wow. I'm not joking. We'd take your nipple, pinch it, and twist it to see if we cause you pain. So why did we stop doing titty twisters? Was that movement you just talked about? No, we didn't, we didn't have no fucking Me Too moments back then. <laughs> we did it because people would do it so hard they would rip off nipples. Oh my goodness, that's so ridiculous. They, I know that. So we stopped doing it and we moved to sternal rows. But I don't teach sternal rows. Because the same thing, people do it so hard, they break people's ribs or they break, like, old people are very fragile, so they rip off their skin. So I don't yeah. teach that. I think it's a terrible thing to do. I don't know why we don't just teach people to take your, you know, do the nails, do I the nail beds. Yeah, that shit hurts. Do a jaw thrust. Mm -hmm. They said things. now they're grabbing the patient and pinching them. Yeah, of... yeah, that doesn't do shit. There's a lot of people you can pinch the shit out of their muscles and they don't do anything. So I don't, mm -hmm. to me, that's a terrible thing, too, because. Everybody has a high tolerance for pain, but I can tell you, no matter how high your pain tolerance is, not very many people can withstand your fingernail beds being smashed or your jaw thrust being lifted. That's true. You're very so those two things, I think, will always tell you what you need to know. Yeah. In the times that I've done jaw thrust, <clears throat> I can honestly say I didn't get any pushback from the patient. <laughs> well, were you doing it correctly? I think the patient was just, you know, about to knocking. see Jesus. Yes, it was. He was. He or she was uh -huh. knocking on the door with that. So yeah. So now we talked about the kind of nursing that really sets up to be a good float nurse. What do you think are some of the benefits for that nurse who makes a good float nurse? What are some of the benefits of being in the role of a float nurse? So this is the information I looked up. You got a more flexible schedule. Mm -hmm. You can probably get paid more because, you know, as a, a float nurse, you get, you know, some, some hospitals will pay you like an extra differential for being a float nurse. Plus, if you do nights, you get differentials weekends. Sometimes you can, well, you can always find a damn job because now you're going to get, you're going to have more skills because you have different, you know, skill set than just being a med surge nurse or just being the ICU nurse or like that. So you have different skill sets. If you have a bad day on a certain unit, you can tell them to piss off and you don't have to go back to that unit for a while. You know, that's one good thing. Yeah. Uh, you can be called a jack of all trades. My favorite is you don't have to worry about the fucking unit politics. You don't have to go to the unit meetings. You can just go in, do your job and get the fuck on. So I like that. Nice. Um, you won't get bored. You don't get bored because you get a little bit of everything. You learn new shit. Believe it or not, you have a decrease in burnout because you don't have to stay in one place putting up with the same fucking people every day. Right. So that's that's a benefit right there. So you know what? I hear this all this all the time about a jack of all trades and a master of none. And we typically stop there, right? It says a jack of all trades and a master of none, but oftentimes mm -hmm. better than a master of one. Yeah, I, I get that. You know, like sometimes we don't finish that complete quote. And I'm not saying that you said anything wrong. But it's been something that I've used if people have said like, hey, you're a jack of all trades because I do this and I do that. But they never say, but oftentimes it's better than a master mm -hmm. of one. So I just wanted to add that context to it. That was, those are some great benefits there, though. I, I really Wait, like say, that. Say, say, it, say it one more time. But it's, it says a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. 
So, so what? Well, I don't know if I truly agree with that in, in regards to nursing, because what if I am a float nurse mm-hmm. for five or 10 years? Mm-hmm. What if I'm a float nurse for five or 10 years? What does that tell me? Remember my 10,000 hour rule. Right. So, so what if, what if right. I got, what if I'm a float nurse for, for five to 10 years and mm-hmm. I floated to all these different places? Could I not mm-hmm. be considered, could I not be considered a expert in all these areas? But are you a master? What is, is the expert, difference? Is okay. an expert or a master the same right, thing? So, yeah, but will you ever be a true master in medicine? No, because it's always ever changing. Expert versus master. So master, master means to acquire complete knowledge or skill in a subject, technique, or art. Expert is having or involving a great deal of knowledge or skill in a particular. So to me, in medicine, would anybody ever be a master of medicine? Probably. No, it's ever evolving. See what I mean? So that's, I think that's unachievable. Yeah. So that's what they're saying is, is better to have basically be a master of none. So mm-hmm. you're, you know, but you can be an expert, but not a master, yeah, yeah. right? Then to have stopped and possibly and be tried to master one thing, which is like we're saying that in, because of the nature of healthcare, it is never mastered because we are always changing, evolving um, yeah, over time. I don't think yeah. anybody will ever be a Buddha of nursing. Yeah. Nobody I mean, hey. will. Nobody All things are ever possible. All things are possible. No one will Kevin. ever. <laughs> even, even Kevin will never be a master of medicine. I, okay. I, even though I strive. There's you no strive. way. Yeah. But you're an expert, huh? I'm an expert. Nice. Not at all nursing, though. I'm right, only an right. expert. I'm only an expert in what I know. But yeah. I'm not an expert in every field of nursing. That's impossible. Absolutely. I'm I agree a, with you. I'm not an infection control nurse. I'm not a dialysis nurse. I mean, I'm well, you should be an ex- expert in infection control because one of our jobs is to prevent and control the spread of infection. I, as nurses. I don't I wouldn't say I'm an expert. I think I'm pretty good at it, but I wouldn't call myself an expert. OK, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. So, I so mean, in, in fe- infection control nurse has a lot higher specialty. They do shit that you and I have never even thought about. Yeah, like analyzing data. Looking at yeah, they do that. yeah, I do. I think, and not just that, but they look at all the different diseases, the way it's spread, how it's spread. If you go and ask a general nurse a general question about a certain type of disease and say, is this contact precaution or airborne precaution? I think most nurses wouldn't know. Ooh, like they wouldn't know where to put their C. diff patient. No, I don't kidding. think so. No, but I, I'm, be, I'm being honest. I don't, don't know the it, difference. Go ahead. No, like if you said somebody had tuberculosis contact or airborne because um, it is airborne airborne what goes in airborne isolation how about, how about shingles shingle goes in airborne as well yeah but how many would say that i don't know it's about the size of the virus of it the bacteria matter. Five microns. Exactly. that's why i think most people wouldn't know that i don't think most nurses would i could be wrong but i just maybe you should do a poll the hard part is i don't think people would they would cheat and shit yeah Jacqueline's busting my balls. Thank you, Jacqueline, for busting my balls. I love you. What did she say? She sent you the policy? No, she didn't send me the policy. But just so you know, Jacqueline, we're on air live right now talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> what was I going to say? But Kevin, when it goes back to polls, I don't know if I should put a poll up because if you all remember, Kevin challenged me to put a poll up to see if you all would be interested 
in hiring him to help you grow your business. Yeah, but I think the poll told is me, huge. No, 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 no. Do, the thing is, is that it was delivered because you wanted more specific data and you all answered the poll and Kevin never paid out. He never paid out, y'all. I'm calling the poll bullshit. No, no, no. I I don't remember what I offered. What did I say? What was you never told me what you were gonna give me once I put that poll up? Yeah, but I think the poll. I feel some kind of way. I'll give you something. I'll fucking pay you somebody. I still think the poll is bullshit. Mm. Because if you would have said, Lupita, would you be willing to pay Kevin a thousand dollars an hour to mentor you? I can almost guarantee the poll would like "Mm -mm, fuck fuck Kevin and his thousand bucks. Well, it depends on what you're mentoring about. People pay I don't to collapse time. Okay. No matter what the fuck Kevin is mentoring you in about, would you pay him $1,000 an hour? <laughs> well, Kevin, I don't think that that would be a good lot. See, what said, Lupita, no. see I told you. <laughs> well, Lupita, though, here's the thing, Lupita. Thank you for being here. So listen, if Kevin could give you a solution to a problem that you're having, that he can work with you for three hours. You better be honest And with, with him fixing that problem for you. So three hours at $1,000 an hour, that's $3,000. And you have the potential to threefold or fourfold that investment. Would you make the investment? Don't fucking lie, Lupita. Be honest. I'll wait for you, Lupita. Don't worry. I know. We're waiting for <laughs> Lupita. I'm, I'm sitting here watching the chat like, Lupita, <laughs> drop that answer, girlfriend. <laughs> I, I already know the answer. She said, it says, if it was to increase my knowledge and make me money, then yes. Bam, bam. I still bam. don't believe it. I love Do you, I Peter, to... but I still don't believe it. See, you can't. So here's the thing. I was just having a conversation in my community <laughs> last night. Like when we are growing these businesses, I know we just digress from flow nurses to talking about business, something <laughs> I'm absolutely passionate about. But so, <laughs> so when we are having these businesses, we can't project our mindsets into our potential clients. I don't Lupita, project it. I just know customers. Because remember, I told you this already. I do work that I don't always teach, and I do mentorship. I go out to the community and I have a specialty skill that I use and people bitch that I charge them a hundred bucks an hour. Start shooting. Then they're not your people. Why are you settling for people who are not I'm your not people? settling. I just tell them that's what I charge and they get mad and stomp away. I don't, I just know what people, I know people. Right. And I know people are fucking cheap and they don't want to spend the money because they don't, they don't see the benefit. In it. That's the problem. Okay, look how you just put Lupita in the box and Lupita told you yes. I didn't put Lupita in the you box. You just put I... her in that box with the people. And she just told you, I'm not in that box, Kevin. Lupita, don't listen to Starshima. I didn't put you, you in that box. You just put Lupita in that box. And she said, Kevin, I'm going to pay you. If it's going to do this and this for me, I'm going to pay you. Okay, I, Kate I, said, well, I, thank you, Lupita. I appreciate you. Thank you for being here. You're such a magical nurse. Fuck a woman helping another woman. Shit, the hell with you, Lupita. Get, we go help get each your other damn level. husband. Go get your husband and ask him, Lupita. We help. And I bet you he'll say the same thing. This is growth mindset. No, because so I, I know both of them and I know them already. So they don't she need just that. Is, so now you're talking out of what you feel like you know about Lupita and her husband to talk yourself out of some money. Lupita, when you see him again, I love girlfriend, you, just, just let him know. Just, just let him know. All right. I love you, Anyhow. All right, we digress way on talking about business. I I just love it. I'm so passionate about business and growing business and seeing nurses grow and thrive and also us really walking in our worth. Like for so many, for so long in our careers and our profession to provide care, they say, hey, you provide care for this cost, right? But you can also drive major impact in the world and pick your own prices. Mm -hmm. And guess what? People are going to pay you to do it. 
Okay. I just, I just love it. All right. So tell me, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> watch out. I'm going to get Kevin into my program before 2023 is out. I'm not, y'all watch no, that. I'm not being a no program. That, okay. That's what he's saying right now, y'all. But once I show him how to, uh, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm just messing with Kevin. All right. So, Kevin, let's look at the impact of float nurses on patient care. Is I it just a good think thing that- or is it a bad thing? It can be both. I think if you, I think if you're a float nurse and you take the time to improve your skills, you learn your competencies on each floor and you learn them well, I think you can be an awesome nurse for you and the patient. However, if you just go and you kind of just struggle along from floor to floor and you don't really put your heart into learning on each floor, I think you're going to be a shooting nurse. I think Mm. it's up to you. You can be both. So you get to decide. Yeah. Yeah, you're the decider. You are the decider. You are the decider. I do. One thing that I learned in nursing school, I agree, you are the decider. One thing that my educators, and it was one in particular, and for the sake of her privacy, I'm not going to say her name on live, so I don't get bleeped out by Jane, because I don't like to get bleeped. I just keep everything kosher. I just tell fucking, (laughs) I just tell Jane, don't fucking beat me, Jane. I'll fly to the Philippines and beep your ass. Right. One thing that they taught me in the context of saying it can be a good thing or a bad thing and you get to decide is that when we make this decision to become nurses, we really make that full commitment to become continuous learners, right? And we make that commitment to learn all we can learn and be the very best at what we choose to be the very best at, right? And I think sometimes, I don't know why, I don't know where we've lost it, that I feel like the goal is just to get to to be the nurse. And then after you become the nurse, it's just like, oh, but that's when the things just start, right? Like that's really, now I've got the degree. I passed the NCLEX. Now what, right? This is when the real work start. This is when you really start honing in on your craft, learning all you can learn, becoming the expert, which are reach to become masterful in a thing, right? Within your healthcare profession. It's like, that's when it really gets started. And you get to decide, I agree with Kevin, is that you get to decide what kind of nurse you want to be. And it's all dependent upon how much you choose to invest in this thing that you really want. So after you get it, now what? I think it starts in nursing school. I don't think the nurses in nursing school mentor their students on that topic. I think they're there. They teach them to how to be the nurse, but then it stops. We don't have any kind of program to be a mentor to say, hey, just because you fucking became a nurse, you can't stop now because this is a lifetime career and you got to learn to hone your craft. You got to learn to become an expert. You have to take it upon yourself to go through some education and training beyond nursing school to become an expert. Mm-hmm. Sit on committees. How many people like to sit on committees and learn? I mean, because I was like, I ain't leveling see? up because I ain't going to buy nobody's committee. I See, so... I know, but I'm just being honest then, see? So if you're not willing to sit on committees or you're not willing to do some research projects, you're not willing to go take classes to improve your your nursing process, how are you going to become that expert? You're not. So So you got to know what your own individual goals are. Yeah, I agree. I don't think we have a mentorship program. I learned this. Most people who are managers, Mm -hmm. they don't have any training on how to be a manager. Most people who are preceptors, we send them to that preceptor's class. But how well is that preceptor class? Have you been to the preceptor class? I have been to a preceptor class. Right. And how was it? Be honest. 
It was okay. Wait, hold on, sis. I don't know who the Facebook user is because nobody knows how to put their name on there. I thank you, Facebook user, but I don't know your name because it just says Facebook user. I think as instructors, we can hope we can to inspire them to go beyond their school. I don't want to hope. I'm going to inspire your ass. I'm either going to inspire you or I'll drag you fucking along. <laughs> I think I, that, Kevin, when you speak about instructors, though, I think for me, I agree that I know you shared over a period of time of like the instructors that are there, they're typically older nurses, more seasoned nurses. And with that, they typically teach task-based things versus evidence-based things. That's pretty much your stance, right? I still believe that. I still stand. I know you believe. Kid. Yeah, absolutely. I, be, I believe you do. But I think that there's a new era of instructors that are coming in that are trying to change. I that haven't trajectory. seen it yet. I haven't fucking oh, seen it yet. Do you doubt me? Do you mm-hmm. not believe that I am nope. an inspirational instructor? I didn't say you weren't inspirational. I you said, just, do you doubt me? I don't doubt you. I'm an instructor. I, I, I doubt that we have ushered in a new era. That's what I doubt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're working on that. It's coming in. Jacqueline says new preceptors don't know the difference between preventing travelers and new grads. Hold on, let me go back and see what this. So says. two completely different things, but aren't taught to each new of them pre- differently. Oh, are you listening to me, oh, Jacqueline? We're talking shit about you. That's Steven. Okay. I think he new? In- is he still in Jacqueline's Facebook? Page? I guess so. I just put in the in the comments too. I put in a nurse survey, so you can, it's a survey by Johnson and Johnson that all nursing students and nurses can take nurses that can take to see what their passion is that they would be best at. Mm-hmm. Right, so let me go back. New preceptors don't know the difference between precepting, precepting travelers and new grads. It should there should be no difference, Stephen. When you precept, your job is to teach nurses how to work in your organization and to make sure that they know how to be a nurse. That's the problem is, and that's just what the studies are showing that a, they're the preceptors classes aren't what they should be. Does that make sense? So we need to change how we precept our nurses. Like I'll, I'll pick on you, Steven. I know you've been nursing a little bit, but how long did they promise you that they would give you training before they threw you out on your own? That's what I'd like to know, because I think that most hospitals say they're going to give their nurses 12, 16 weeks, and they wind up giving them 12 or 16 hours or maybe two or three days. And then they say, get the fuck on. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Well, that's hopefully what they I don't see. do that to new grads. <clears throat> I see that happen a lot to travel nurses. My, that is so true. You have to have the right person out train others. My name is Anna. Seth. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. I just saw that. Sorry, Anna. How come you don't have your name up there, Anna? Why does it say Facebook user? Just to give StreamYard permission. Oh, yeah. Anna, there she goes. I love you. I love you, Anna. Oh, yeah, that's good. Thank you, Anna. Now I can see you. Well, I don't know if I'm right, but I just think that we need to, most managers, like I ask managers this, Anna, when you become a manager, do they give you any education on how to be a manager? Do they give you any training on how to, to do the budgeting? Do they teach you how to do run a unit? And the answer is no. They just hope that you can figure that shit out. So not only are you being a manager, you're having to figure shit out as you go. And that's just counterintuitive to me. You, you're going to be a terrible, it's going to, it's going to turn out terribly. That's what I can say. I don't know why we don't invest in education and, and nursing. Why are the hospitals so afraid to invest in us? Mm. That's what you, that's what you should be asking. Well, that, maybe that's another episode that we should talk about. Put that on your list. 
Yeah, but you think about this. We talked about this with the good nurse. All those hospitals that he killed people at, nobody in administration got in trouble. It's always the fucking nurse getting in trouble. Where, sure. What about the administration to hire these motherfuckers who didn't well, do I, their due diligence to have competent, sane nursing staff? <laughs> I think the thing is that, you know, and I hate to say this like this, but I think organizations employ people in these leadership roles. I know it looks like it's here to protect us as the nurses, but sometimes I think it's there to protect the organization. Oh, so Anna says, all I know is that my first manager, I don't know what that means, perpetuated, eating me as a new grad, and I'm passionate about training my, yeah, that's true. And how long ago was this, Anna? How long ago did she train you? To, how long ago did she eat your ass? <laughs> and I don't mean that in a bad way, Anna. Because <laughs> I still tell people that. I still say that we have a lot of older nurses out there eating their young. 2015, see, that's not that long ago. No, it was not. So, so I'm, I'm just saying it's only like five or six years ago. I'm still, we still, because this is the dynamics of nursing, Starshima, which I don't think you realize. Nursing is a bunch of old ass motherfuckers like me and a bunch of young nurses that are like maybe one or two years mm -hmm. and very few of you stuck in the middle. Because mm -hmm. how long have you been a nurse? Uh, 10, 10 or 12 10, years. Between 10 you, and 12. Yeah. Right, you, your generation of nursing graduated mm -hmm. around 2008 ish. Mm -hmm. You're the ones that were supposed to come out and take over so we could fucking die and retire. But my age group couldn't die and retire because the 2008 financial collapse, we lost our shirts and we couldn't, mm -hmm. we couldn't retire. So you couldn't even get a job right out of school. You had to, you had to fight for a fucking job and shit. Your, your age group of nurses. Okay. Now that you're in nursing, you're looking at my side at the old people going, man, I wish you'd fucking retire granny. And then you're looking at the new side saying, man, you're a bunch of dumb motherfuckers. And you're stuck in the middle of this conundrum of nursing right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying they're dumb, but that's how sometimes we look at them and we shouldn't. Hmm. You're in the same boat as Starshima, Anna. Eight to 10 years, in between eight-year nurse and 15-year nurse, maybe 14-year nurse. That's when y'all all graduated in that time frame. Mm -hmm. No, we need you to train the nervous ones. with uh, what, The new I, nurses with us. Yeah, I would train new nurses, but you might not like the way I train them. <laughs> Because I'm not, I'm not, I make them do the work. Like I make them critically think. I make them do the work. I, I teach a bunch of LVNs here and I get the same question every time. Why do I need a fucking drug book? Because you're a fucking nurse and you give drugs. Why don't you look the shit up? Well, but also well, have, go ahead. Well, we have pharmacy. I'm like, why would you rely on pharmacy? Pharmacies are people. They, mis they make mistakes. Why don't you look the shit up yourself and learn the shit yourself before you go ask pharmacies to make sure that they're telling you the right information. Right. And this may be a topic for another podcast, but do you feel like the time that we're in today, meaning tech, meaning expectation, um, meaning that some feel more privileged than others? You wait, know, wait, say, say that again. Say it one more time. Like, yeah. like the time, like you think about like, oh, why do I need a drug book? I almost feel like the where the world is today, we are such a microwave society that people a lot of the younger nurses feel, feel entitled. They feel entitled but and why? that they who, don't need who, to. Who taught them that entitlement? The, I feel like it's a societal standard at the moment. They're different generations and they society, feel entitled. Society didn't. Well, I mean, society might have taught them that, but why didn't we break that shit in nursing school? Why didn't you or Anna as nursing instructors say, listen, bitches, 
you ain't entitled to shit. You need to fucking learn how to read a book. You need to learn how to read a drug book because you're saving people's lives. I mean, that, that how, but how do you say that people don't do that in nursing school and then people just have a hard time with adjusting their own mentalities? And okay, then when they so, get to you at the end. So if your students don't read a book and they don't do the right thing on the floor before they give the drugs, do you kick them to the curb? Well, they won't pass it. Well, you won't pass my class unless you can read a book and read uh, the content that you need. I, I have a lot of people who come through here that haven't read the book. Oh, well, then I, I don't know. Did they come to my class? So I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm I can't kidding. speak for what other people do within their classroom. Uh, I just know the level of instructor that I am. I got you, but we need everybody to have this same level. Well, it's changing a culture. That's a culture right? change. So how do you change? Because we still like we still talk about Mona. Remember I brought up Mona? Yeah, we talk about Mona. It's that morphine, on, that oxygen. Yeah, but it's still on the fucking NCLEX. Why is it on the NCLEX? Why don't we change the NCLEX? Why don't we elevate our way of thinking in nursing? Why is nursing the last one to change the evidence-based medicine? Why are we the last ones? Because no one has forced the culture to be shifted. So, Because we do things the way that we've always done them. It, right, but that when people say that to me, well, that's the way we've always done it, Kevin. The first thing out of my mouth is, yeah, but is that the fucking right way? That is correct, because now things have become more advanced, more evidence, more studies that are there to help us change. But sometimes we teach the things that we've always done because they've always worked and nobody's challenged anyone to shift them. Right. But one thing, the NCLEX is shifting this year. I think it changed this month. The NCLEX is shifting. Yes, the, the, yeah, the NCLEX is changing. Like I heard it's going to change big time. Mm -hmm. But what is, how is it going to change? Well, I what think are, the, what I are think, the changes to make them be able? I think one of the problems and the complaints that was happening was that um, nurses come out of nursing school not knowing how to critically think. And with that, the idea is to shift it to help them be able to that to make sure they're able to critically think to be able to pass it. So this is what's this is what's going to happen. I can foresee it right now. I'm going to predict it right now. That's going to last for maybe a year or two, and you're going to see a significant failure in the NCLEX, and they'll change it back. Mm -hmm. The reason why, yeah, but the yeah, but the reason why is because you said the NCLEX is going to make them answer questions in a critically thinking manner, which nursing instructors again don't know how to teach a nurse to create to, to critically think because if you have if you ask a general nursing student question what does it mean to use your critical thinking skills i can tell you most nurses say the same thing i don't know they didn't teach us how to use our critical thinking skills don't let them throw them instructors underneath the bus like that no but i'm, I'm being honest i agree with them because i told you this already you may go through critical thinking exercise but you got to teach them what it means to have a critical thinking skill you got to run through the skill first and say that was a critical thinking skill. So that's mm -hmm. the way you got to fucking think. I'll give you an example. You got a patient who's got a blood pressure. Anna says we do. Right. Star. Whatever, Anna. Right. I'm, I'm, here, let me fucking hold my paper up again, Anna, for you, too. Right here. <laughs> right there, Anna. Can you see that? Can you read that fucking Anna right there? <laughs> All right. So I'll give you an example. If you have a patient who came into the ER and they didn't have an IV and their blood pressure is 80 over 40, what are you going to do? <laughs> that, they didn't, you, that they didn't have an IV? They don't have an IV and their blood pressure is 80 over 40. 
Just what give him something do? to drink. I'm just playing around. I'm just playing. <laughs> well, I'm not mad at that. It might that might be the right thing to do. Oh, that ain't funny. I'm just messing around. No, but that I'm might, just that, playing that, that might be the right thing to do though. But well, you gonna you set ask, them down for what? Okay, <laughs> but if you if you ask ten nurses that same question, what do you think most of the nurses are gonna want to do? Put an IV in the patient and give what? A fluid bolus. Why do they need a fluid bolus? To try to expand their volume. Why do they need their volume expanded? Because they need more volume in their intravascular said, space to raise their pressure. How? That's how what they're thinking. You, right, but how do you know that's true? Um, it may not so, necessarily be true. So you're in, and I'm not. Have, and I know you're just playing along with, but that right there is how most nurses think. Mm -hmm. You've already treated the patient, but you haven't done what? You already haven't assessed you, the patient. Right. And that's part of the critical thinking process that mm -hmm. we're failing to teach nurses. Because yeah. doctors are taught differently. Doctors are taught to look at pathways. We They call, mm -hmm. them, alg they call them algorithms, but yeah. nurses hate that word. So I created a new word. We, we're no longer going to call them algorithms, nurses. We'll call them pathways. No, you're calling them clinical pathways. You adopted oh, oh, that the yeah. last time. Clinical pathways. Thank you. So Jeez. you got clinical pathway A, you got clinical pathway B, clinical pathway C. Create three clinical pathways for your ass. Which mm -hmm. pathway has the best benefits with the least risk? That's how yeah. you should train yourself to think. Absolutely. That that is using critical thinking skills. Absolutely. I agree with you. I know, but you have to tell people that. How do you know I don't tell people that? But we I need to create mean, a culture of everybody teaching. Yeah, I don't mean you personally. I mean, as nurses. I feel like school. you're attacking me as an instructor, uh -huh. as an educator. Oh, my Lord. I'm, no, I'm I feel like I'm attacked. On I'm, attack I'm attacking you and Anna because both of y'all suck ass. <laughs> Thank you, Anna. I know I, you. I know you know. I'm just bullshitting me. No, we. I know you're just playing. I'm no, just going along with the flow. No, but I know Anna and Lupita. They know me and shit. But look, I made somebody cry who came to my class. See, just tuning in. Can't wait to listen on the way into work. And thank you, Jenna Lee. I love you. But I had a guy that's coming to my class this weekend. I won't tell you his name, but I already made him cry. And he didn't come to my fucking class yet. Kevin, you're eating. <laughs> are you eating your young? <laughs> He's like, why are you so mad? I'm like, I'm not mad. What the fuck is wrong with you? Well, yeah. he, he was so upset. He screenshotted the email that I sent him and sent it to the text here in the office wanting to talk to Miss Pat and Ariana and complain about the instructor, how he was being mean and shit. <laughs> and you're like, you just don't know? I'm like, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, man, motherfucker, if you think I'm mad now, wait till you come into class on fucking Saturday. I'm going to eat your ass up. <laughs> hey, don't eat your young like that, Kevin. That is oh, not the way shit. build nurses don't do that I'm, i know i can't help it i'm terrible eating my young yeah don't eat your young <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just kidding oh, oh my goodness that is hilarious yeah, all right he doesn't, he doesn't know does he he doesn't know what <laughs> he doesn't yeah. know what's gonna happen to him now don't be he's kind a dude, he's a dude crying that's okay no what, what makes you think that man can't have emotions Look at me. If, you're, express if, their you, if you are already upset about the words that came out of my mouth, I ain't eat my young Anna. I do set the standard. But if you're already crying about what I said in my email, what the fuck are you going to do when you get somebody that's even worse than me that's really eating your ass? See what I mean? So, like, I'm an angel compared to most nurses. Are you? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> I didn't say what kind of angel. Right. I <laughs> You know, look, I'm just like, Ari, I just want to agree with you because, you know. <laughs> even Lu even Lucifer was an angel. 
Well, <laughs> was he not? Was he not? Well, he's a fallen one, huh? Uh huh. See, so. All right. Right. Well, Students well, need well. to get ready. I agree with you, Anna. They need to. They need to quit being sissies. You don't need a fucking safe place. Your right. safe place is on your couch at home with your bonbons, not in the hospital. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I really feel like um, to be the change that we we must first start with us, and being able to impact the bedside from beyond the bedside is a privilege to me, and I don't take that those opportunities to. Too sit lightly. with future nurses. No, I don't take it lightly. When I said I do my very best with what I have um, to make sure that they're prepared, because here's the things that I think about is that one, they're going to be taking care of me. They're going to be taking care of my kids, right. Right. you know, and I want them to be great nurses. So I go in there with that level of passion, the same passion that I had when I was nursing at the bedside is the same thing I bring into the classroom and hope to um, illustrate that to my students um, with that. So I am extremely passionate about what I do. And with that, you know, just really, really just trying to drive that impact. But I really feel like we can change it, Kevin. Like, I think me and you are right now on the brink of changing the profession, right? From different angles. We are. We are on a way. We are being the examples that we want to see. We are mobilizing the voices of nurses. I think that this is the start of it. So I think that we can really, really do this. Do you believe that? I do. I try. I try my best. I know I'm, I know I'm, people see me is either cocky or arrogant or harsh. Those are the word aggressive as I've been called aggressive before, mm. but I don't think I'm in you. I'm confident in what I do. I know what I can do. I'm not afraid of shit. If I don't know shit, I'll ask questions. And I agree with you, Anna. We have a broken system that I don't like to see broken anymore. I'm tired of nurses being abused, using abused. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's hard because you get these younger nurses that come in and think that they know everything or they think they're, like you said, entitled to shit and they have no idea what the fuck we've been through. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just need to sit down and shut the fuck up and watch and learn first before you, you know, support us. Don't just act like you're going to take over and shit. Yeah. I ain't dead yet, bitches. I'm still here trying to change <laughs> the world. I'm still here <laughs> trying to change the world. Oh, calm the hell down out there. <laughs> You'll get your turn. You'll get your turn. Your turn yeah. going to come. I'll die someday. It. Don't worry. That is amazing. Well, Kevin, I think it's been a great, great episode of talking about what are some of the benefits and what are some of the challenges that nurses face, as well as who makes a great float nurse um, and making sure your big thing in the green room was making sure not that you're just confident, because if you're confident without confidence, you're setting yourself up for a disaster, but making sure you are a competent nurse who are confident in their skills. And if you have those two together in that exact order, not opposite, right? Um, then you are going to make some game changing moves at the bedside for your nurses and be able to combat some of the challenges that you all face. So, right. um, and thank yeah. you, everybody. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Lupita, for busting my balls. I love you guys. <laughs> And Miss Jackie, I give Miss Jackie kudos because she's been supporting you on the other end over there, making sure you got your good content. So we appreciate you all so much. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Jenna Lee, even though you didn't get to hear us. Don't worry. You can always replay this shit. Yeah, it'll be up. We're definitely going to leave it up. All right, Kevin, we'll send us out. All right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I hope you had fun here with the Nurse Nurse Podcast. Don't forget to go see Starsheem at Brand Nurse Coach. Come visit us at Central Valley Medical, and we're here. 
all the time when you need us. Thank yes, you guys. Here's, appreciate you. Here's the thing. To be a good, confident float nurse, you need NRP. You need your PALS and your ACLS. And Central Valley Medical is the answer That's to right. all three. All right, y'all. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. No, I appreciate all of you. Thank you very much. Yes. All right. Yeah. Take care, you guys. Love you too, Lupita. Love, Love you too, Jack. Exactly. Love yes. you too, Anna. Yes. All right, y'all. Take care. See you good later. Good night. All right. Bye.